Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. And we also rep our Ahsoka Revenge of the Sith, Fifth, Revenge of the Fifth purchase. I'm your host, Brian. With me as always are my better hosts, Emma. Mark. Hey. Hello. Check it out. Check it out. Very fashionable. Alright, <laughs> oh, are we ready? Oh yeah. yeah it is now let's time. do it. chat hello alexandria hello alejandro don't look at me like that we <laughs> actually look at you this week hello luke i'm glad you made it paul just finished this week's episode i am sorry i hope you are in an okay space and let's do this real quick like spoiler alert ahead we are talking <laughs> bad batch episodes one and two so full spoilers this here podcast hello chase chase and i were talking about a max rubo tiki but i had this secretly waiting for me so if you do (laughs) want to rock ahsoka look at look at this look it's even got like her tattoo her uh her her face markings underneath the thing it's amazing you can head on over to www.zerecords.com you can purchase one yourself and make Mm -hmm. sure you tell them the pink milk sent you our buyer told me that she only <laughs> bought it for me. <laughs> she brought this in and she was like, yeah, I bought it for you. <laughs> Aww, that's that's so sweet. Hello, kitten. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. Emma, happy Mother's Day to right. you as well. I, I agree with um, what Hope said, by the way. What did Hope say? Look at that comment. Look at that. You'll see it. You'll see it. And I told oh my God, I'm going I totally Gabe, agree. Hello, Gabe. Gabe, hello, Chase. Hello, I'm already... Oh, hello, Brandon. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. Hello, Brandon. Hello, Nick. Hello, hey. Goose. Hello. Look at all that. Oh, it's so awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. Emma, the hair is super cute tonight. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. I was going yes. to get to that in a second. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. It does. It looks super cute. <laughs> hello, friends. How was your week's? It started off horrible, but it got better as the week went on. And I'm doing fabulous now, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I am glad you're feeling better, Mark. I yes. reached out to Mark earlier this week. I'm always like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm good at advice. I don't know. But yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better. I could feel it in the text later yes. in the week. <laughs> and how about you? I had a great week. Um, the hangout earlier this week for May the 4th was so much fun. I had such a great time seeing everybody's beautiful faces. And um, I dropped my May the 4th exchange fic for my my fic buddy. Uh, it's a tradition. It's an annual tradition that we have. 
And um, so it's kind of like our friend anniversary. And uh, another one of my works was put in the Hidden Gems collection. I saw that. <laughs> so, yes. This is, yes. This is the second week in a row. And on Sunday, I'm going to get my first dose of the vaccine. So, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a big week. Big, big week for me. Yes. <laughs> Let me say first on May the 4th, Mark, we missed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, very much. I would love very, to have been there. Yeah. Uh, but to everyone who was there, so on May the 4th, we had a little uh, Zoom hangout with a bunch of the steam room. I got to see so many faces. <laughs> Emma had seen some of them before when you all did this when I was uh, out of town. But uh, it was really, really nice. And I want to make sure that I say thank you to all of our listeners who may not even be in the steam room, who've never come to the steam room, but come and listen to the podcast and send us notes and don't send us notes. Um, I am so incredibly appreciative of how amazing our listeners are. They're like, not really listeners. It's this little community and this little family and everybody has such positive energy. It was like the perfect close to a star Wars day. Like last year, it was not this. Like, what a year can make in podcasting. And I, I really, like, I am telling you, thank you to everyone. You made my heart very, very happy. I don't know what I did to deserve, like, all this kindness and all these, like, there was just so much positive energy in that little room. It was a great day. So I was yeah. really emotional at the end. I was just overwhelmed with, like, warm and fuzzies. <laughs> I felt like Yoda when he saw Padme after she almost got killed. Oh, <laughs> that's a great line, though. That's a, uh, sure yeah. is. Yeah. All right. So tonight, oh yes, where's Paul? This is also, and we got an Express Yourself EP with all these fabulous stutter and stop and go remix. I'm here for a peak milk. Is anyone else going to be fine with the 10 minute Madonna Express Yourself? Wait a minute. Are we talking about vinyl EP that dropped or what? What are we talking about? No, the digital platforms. Yeah. Okay. So Madonna's, she's been dropping these EPs for what, a couple months now? A year? Okay. Just random ones here or there. Yeah. Uh, But today was Express Yourself, which is. Is it the remixes? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if she's dipping into, because I remember way, way back when, and they were. Well, they were available for a pretty penny. You used to be able to get the Japanese imports with all those yep. remixes on them, and they were fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah, so I have I'm wondering, a handful of those. And so I'm wondering if that's what's being released now, because, you know, they can put it in the digital. It's like, oh, that, I, I got to check it out. I, I always love those those imports, though. They were always so beautiful. Yeah. Even yeah, if, I guess really even are. pricey. So. Yep. Oh, Nick, that's so funny. Yes, my other May the 4th, the berries were on uh, GMA. I, every, yes. I got up at 2 o'clock that morning because I was so excited for everything going on in the day. The kids were up at like 4.30. Yeah. I, I was so impressed. They were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. We were on there for, like, you know, blink and you'll miss us. And yeah. I was trying to be all sexy with Pink Milk After Dark. I was trying to stay on brand and come join us because, you know, what was going to happen was everyone's going to flock to Pink Milk after seeing us on GMA. <laughs> Right. And on the Jumbotron in Times Square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the only person you could see was Eli in his, in his Seth Trooper outfit. You couldn't see anybody else. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see Eli. <laughs> we should get some talented person to get like that, that whole shot of the Jumbotron and put it onto Attack of the Clones where they're watching the sports in that one club. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> All right. So before we get going tonight, 
uh, we are going to be talking about the first and second episodes of Bad Batch, probably spending more time on the first one only because it was longer. But we're going to be talking about queer coding because let me tell you, the show is so queer, like right away. Um, we'll be talking full spoilers again. Full spoilers. I've said it many times. But I do think I'm going to know how this is going to break down. Spoiler alert. For everyone listening now, everyone in the in the steam room, everyone listening later, here on After Dark, we're going to break down the Bad Batch episodes and how they play with queer coding and in the bigger Star Wars galaxy at large. And on Husband and Husband on our Wednesday episodes, when I sit with Tom, we're going to talk about the Found Family episodes because, as my emoji said earlier today, the second episode in particular played me like a fiddle. I am very, like, I was typical Brian, sobbing like crazy over a few of these things. <laughs> I, I have so much to talk about with Tom and our experience there. So we're going to try to be able to talk about Bad Batch from two very different perspectives. So everyone who listens to both After Dark and Husband and Husband have different points of view to listen to. So we're not just listening to Brian for three hours a week saying the same <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> That's my goal. Can't promise that I'm going to execute it in that vision, but that is my goal. Nice. Oh, bye, Luke. Is it? Hello, Tina. Night. Have a good night. Wednesdays are very bye, berry. <laughs> very. Oh. <laughs> bye, Luke. Thank you, Luke. We love you, Luke. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start first with Mark and our overall impressions of the first two episodes. It was horrible. No, <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun. It 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 was great because you know what? Here's the thing: what we had talked about as to what you was know, well, you and him, I think, had brought up what you wanted to see from the actual show. It just launched off from there. It didn't mess around, and we're knee deep into it. We see two characters that I was not expecting to see in that. Like, oh, I was hooked. I was like, okay, okay. We're good. Well, this is a cool jumping off point, right? And then, you know, you get the nice intro with the, the Bad Batch themselves, seeing them do their thing, their their yep. teamwork. It's like, even though they may be like a bunch of brothers that fight, when it comes to their, like, fighting styles and how they work together, they get the job done and then some. And it's just an incredible intro. Like, if you hadn't seen them up until this point, it's just you see this and you're like, okay, this is cool. I already have a favorite. I have a couple of favorites, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 strong the way it started up strong and in the way it leads into things and leads us into you know it dips its toe into stuff that we already know too and expands upon that story. And so I'm I I'm having a good time. It's fun. It's awesome. And and before you go, Goose from Triad of the Force here if you're still here and you can multitask drop a link to mark's fantastic episode that was <laughs> that came out uh monday monday no, I think it was. tuesday may the fourth tuesday mm-hmm. may the fourth mm-hmm. it is it was such a fantastic conversation i was very happy for my dear friend mark who got to have a conversation that you don't really get to have here exactly in that context it was beautiful to see another side of you and we are huge 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 fans of Triad of the Force already. Um, talk about just beautiful humans who do great things and are very, very smart and all of those things. So uh, make sure to go check that out. Thank you. It was, really, it was, it was a awesome. really wonderful conversation. It was awesome. <laughs> and so. I really, really enjoyed myself. 
And you did well. I noticed a few things. I don't want to speak for them. You did a good job, my friend. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I was like a proud daddy. I was like a proud daddy. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, Em, what are your initial thoughts? I loved it. It was such a great watch. I was totally riveted. Um, yeah, it's not a sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm so pleased. I, I should have known that Star Wars would come through for me. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, okay, so we all knew I was not a big fan of those four episodes. I've been pretty vocal of, like, I didn't really care about the Bad Batch. I didn't have any connections to any of them. Could care less. Well, that's all out the window because, let me tell you, I love each and every one of these people. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I We started the first episode uh, on Tuesday. And within the first, like, three minutes, I was audibly crying, the ugly crying out loud, because we all know how that opened. I mean, I'm glad that it opened on Order 66. That's what I wanted. I wanted to see that. Did I expect to see Baby Kanan? Nope. nope. And and yeah. Deepa, right? Is that her name? Dupa? Deepa? Yeah, Deepa, what, Deepa, uh, Deepa. Uh, yeah. Like, the minute I heard her name... And Tom with Tom Kane, that was so good. Like I was so happy to like we are in Clone Wars when it starts, and we're gonna burn out of Clone Wars because this is the bad batch. But like I like that it was brought in because it was that time there we were boom. It was very, very smart. And then Tom's like, Are you really already? I'm like, but you don't understand. This is like <laughs> yeah. And then so he's like, and then he's like, I had to hit pause. Like, I don't understand who is that. I'm like, that's Kanan Jarrus. Kanan, they just said his name was Caleb. And I'm like, yes, he becomes Kanan because of this. And he has to run away. And I'm like, if we remember, Tom and I just a few episodes ago talked about time jumping and how like all of that. And I'm like, this is why time jumping in Star Wars is better. Because yeah. knowing Kanan's journey before you saw that made mm-hmm. this way heavier and Good on every single one of them because uh, this is for you, Paul. And his new crush, like, instantly fell in love with Hunter. Like, he's there to protect our boy, Kanan. All of us love Kanan. And it was just so smart because you immediately fell in love with him. And he's like, yep, I'm on Hunter's team through and through. It was so it was so good. Okay. So, clearly, those are my – That's and then episode – the second episode that aired today just played me like a fiddle is what I keep saying over and over and over because it hit every single one of Brian's needs. <laughs> like, every single one of them were there. So, where do we want to start? How do we want to do this? Let's do a um, – just let's do a recap of the first episode, and then we'll get into queer coding it and okay. the queer readings that we have. Sound good? So, do you have, Emma, a favorite moment? for this show that made you realize this is not a sausage fest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, the opening, you know, when Hunter helps uh, Caleb to escape. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is not about like machismo, you know, it's like, there is a code of honor here. Yep. And like, and, and also like just the fact that like most of them knew that something was wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yes, they couldn't exactly stop it. Yeah. 
But it also really played into Padme and This Is How Liberty Dies and Thunderous Applause. They all know it's wrong, but they're still going to kind of do it. And then, so we had Hunter. I agree. That was the moment I fell in love with Hunter. That was great. And then (laughs) Wrecker, who I've probably been the hardest on, was like, but what do you, like, what does that mean? He was just so confused why they were doing it. I was like, oh, my God, this guy. (laughs) I was like, I was just hooked. I was like hooked right away, like right away just right away and i really liked all of them tech is really great oh god anyways yeah mark what was your favorite moment in the first episode that was a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think i think for me i'm gonna be a little boring in my answer that it was kind of like the behind the scenes like inner workings that we see of this changeover now that order 66 is hit how you know the clone troopers are they're kind of working this out and they're almost like it's time to throw them away, which makes you wonder what happens to all these clone troopers along the way now, because that's a big question now. Right. Um, And then the fact that Tarkin is like telling the Kaminoans, well, you know, that contract was with the, you know, the Republic and we are now the empire. So too bad, you know, and I just loved all that because it's starting to set up what we're going to see here in the rest of the season. And who knows where, you know, it'll end up at, but um you know, the, the clones are just doing their job via their programming and everything, but I'm really curious as to how that's going to work for them or what they're going to end up doing to all those clones in the end, because it's like blind allegiance, so to speak, via their programming, and they could end up they could end up killing them all at some point. You know, they, they want to replace them all. Where do they all go? There's quite a bit out there, so it's, yeah. it's interesting. That that's that's I think what what got my wheels turning, and it just made me think of the bigger picture. Um, you yeah. know that we don't we didn't think about a, a lot of this stuff. You know we moved on in the story, obviously, and went on to the what it came afterwards. But all this behind the scenes stuff is what for me is like this is really cool. Like I wasn't expecting all this. Like Emma said, there's a lot of things in this show I did not even expect to see, and and now I'm intrigued. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of piggyback on what you said, Mark, because I'm kind of there. I'm excited how dark this was, like, right away. <laughs> I, I think it was on GMA. Maybe maybe Filoni has said it before. But he said, the kids who grew up with Clone Wars are now older. And mm-hmm. this is almost written for them. And so there's heavier tones. But it, like, straight out the gate, man. Like, it was just mm-hmm. like... And yes, it's also killing all, but it was just, it was heavy. And I think for me to see the clones that we fell in love with in Clone Wars and got to know them as people are now the villains and they're almost stormtroopers was just so creepy to me. Like it was just more layers on Order 66 that like I wasn't expecting for some, I don't know if I was expecting the clones to execute order 66 and then just stop. Like battle droid ship was like closed off or what, but it's like this permanent change in them. Like they are now just like, and I'm sure we'll see, you know, clearly like, um, crosshair is having, having some issues, you know, we're not going to everyone listening. We're not going to go blow by blow of, of the episode. You can listen to lots of podcasts for that. We're just going to kind of talk about it and then queer code it. So um, we'll be jumping over, which is, I guess what we always do here. So no shocker there. That's why people come here. 
Exactly. <laughs> I, I think my favorite line of that first episode was so beautiful when Omega, it, it's like halfway through the episode and they're captured and she looks at Crosshair and she's just like, I know what you're going to do, but don't do it. And if you, and I don't remember, you know, but if you do it, yeah. I know you didn't have a choice. It was this, yep. it was so heartbreaking because he is the villain yeah. now. Yeah. We know a redemption arc's coming. <laughs> like that, that is Star Wars. And we know it's not going to end well for him because this is Star Wars. So we know that's, that's what's going to happen. But it's almost like it's more heartbreaking knowing because we know Star Wars tropes. We know his story, but to see exactly how that story comes to fruition and what he's going to have to go through to get there is has me really, really excited. So now I'm like, is he going to be the main villain of this first season? I think we were talking about that in the last episode. Like, who's who's the villain going to be? But um, it was great. It was really, really great. Uh, anything else we want to say before we jump into queer coding? I mean, this is there's so much in this episode. I don't know. Do you- do we want to talk about Omega now, or do we want to talk about her as we get into the episode? Yeah, more, more into yeah, because we're going to bring up. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pull. I it don't up. trust her. <laughs> <laughs> I do not trust her. I'm sorry. I, she's cute, and I love how inquisitive she is. But she's like getting to know every. Well, I'm jumping ahead, but <laughs> let's just say there's just. I don't know. Hey. I I I just oh. It's like, I know we're supposed to like her and everything, and that's cool, but just something has me a bit uneasy. Something's up. And it may not hey. be her doing. It may not be her doing. Again, it's okay. all this programming. And what, what you just yeah. said, she understood about what Crosshair had gone through. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for what she's been put through? And so that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not I'm not cutting her out as the, the outright villain, but I yeah, think, yeah. again, it's just there's so much stuff that has gone and, and been set into motion before all this happened and now it's all coming to be that you know people are just doing their their job what they were created for unfortunately and so yeah and that might be um something we're going to see later in the season you know i mean now that you explain it i can totally see where you're coming from yeah but also everyone in the chat and listening later i am el diablito at him, don't <laughs> at serving pig milk for this anti Omega fest. No, it's not. I'm just apprehensive. That is all. Yeah, I no, think. No. I think she's cute. I, I do like her. I do like her. She. Hey, yeah. she knows how to fire a blaster. Okay, because I was like, all right, girl, let's do this. No, like, well, that speaks so to cool. something. Something has something, something there. Something woke yeah. up, and she said, "I've never fired a blaster," and just. Girlfriend still knew what she was doing. <laughs> yeah. So. Hot take. Anyway. Hot take. Yeah. Thank you. For <laughs> I hope said it earlier. If you are in the chat right now or you're listening and you haven't subscribed to the channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel and smash that like button. Hit the bell notification ding-a-lingy to get ding-a-lings. And you can sing Ring My Bell while you're doing it. I don't know. <laughs> Emma, anything else for you uh, before we go? I, I think... I think I'm just going to make contributions as we, as we go. Perfect. All right. So Chase is here. I feel the pressure because Chase's that gay Jedi is such a good YouTube channel and does all of these things very well. So I am not very nice. And I put it on Emma to explain what <laughs> queer coding is for anyone 
in the chat now or listening later that may or may not know what it is. So, Emma. So, queer coding is when a character is subtextually presented as queer. So, you know, we sort of have these cultural markers or stereotypes um, that we associate with queerness. And sometimes in media, characters are, you know, they're given those traits um, as a way of conveying to the audience the queerness of that character in a way that's not overt. So that's what queer coding is. Perfect. <laughs> and you can also go ahead over Chase. I think it was your first, you two, I think it was the first episode that you covered that. Pulls mm -hmm. up a great definition, everything right there in the videos. So you can go there too. Uh, Mark, what are some other pop culture, as you're a resident pop culture multi-fandom <laughs> super fan what are some I know, other I know what Mark's going to bring up I hope so <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to disappoint <laughs> <laughs> there you know what there's a lot of characters out there that are queer coded and they run the gamut I mean you know um, just as I was diving deeper into the subject today, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing in that we found ourselves and saw ourselves in these characters very, very early on. And then it kind of became just queer baiting, which I think is now the frustrating part of it, this all, because mm -hmm. we're, we're out, we're more open and yet we're still not represented as much. And to have people be afraid to put that out there because they might lose money is really frustrating and it, it was upsetting. It was upsetting just diving more into that. But that being said, going back to these characters that we love, we, we over they, you know, a lot of times male villains will be very queer coded, you know, very effeminate and they're fun and everything. And people take it in stride and they love these villains. Don't get me wrong. You know, that's great. But, you know, unfortunately there's that. And then we end up paying the price for it same the way that we have in like just being just an effeminate character who ends up dying in a film or something, you know, yeah. um, there's always been that you have your Xenas, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have your Elsa's, you have your Susie Meyerson from the Marvelous Miss Maisel. If you have not seen that show, it's a fantastic show. Yeah. And oh, that character is hilarious. Right. Um, and because we have to think about Star Trek as well, too. Yes. If you think about Q, <laughs> <laughs> Q is like a very isn't it like omniscient powerful character, but there's something very kind of effeminate about that character as well. Very too, that. Yes. yes, there you go. That's the better yeah. word. Thank you. Very thank you. Effective. And the way he plays with Picard too. I mean, he woke up in bed next to him at one point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course, if we're looking back at our own little world here of uh Star Wars, you got 3PO. Yeah, people say Luke is queer coded too. It's like you know, there's all that. He is gay, right? We all know he's um, young. Gay. Young Lando, <laughs> look at all those capes and outfits in that closet now. You know, who knows what else he's got in there? And then Orca and Flicks, of course. Yeah. And then, and then you know, this all stems off into as well as the shipping that that's out there. You know, whether it be Storm Pilot, whether it be Dinner Marshall, whether it be for thinking about other shows like Teen Wolf, Steric with Styles and Derek. These are just characters that we latch onto because of the way they're portrayed and everything. And even though they never end up together, we fall in love with them. We want them to be together, and there's always tension on screen with the way that they are played. 
And like I said, this is all cool. It's the stuff that like fuels fanfic. But in the end, it's super frustrating that we just can't outright get our characters to be gay and, you know, just face forward. <laughs> I yeah. want I want I want more of that. It's tiring to have to wait this long for that representation. But there's some shows out there who do it really well. So it's not like it's yeah. not completely out there. But I just think that in this franchise where gay, men, gay gay people have put a lot of money into, it's like, come on, you know, and it's like, give us a little back already, you know? But yeah. anyway, it's complicated. I agree with you, though. I like that you brought up, like, at one point in history, I think it was important. And at one point, queer coding was probably really rebellious and really a very bold move. Mm-hmm. But those bold moves are the things that help push society forward. And we are in a very different place than we were. And even let's say, even let's just say the 1980s, like it is another world now than it was then. Oh, yes. And it's time, it is time to step up. Like you can't do this anymore and what i'm happy that's happening now is that straight cisgendered people are starting to get ticked off i'm i don't want to bring her up again because she is now gone but the fact that she is gone i think is a huge celebration i know there was other things i understand there's other things involved but that was the kickstarter of that like got the microscope put on her was her mistreatment of our trans siblings like that's what got the ball rolling that was the first stone thrown Mm -hmm. and it worked it worked you know like and i feel like that's where we have to get you know like i think about just our podcast estelle alone we have a really sizable straight cisgendered listen like people who listen there is a big it's probably 50 50 in all like sincerity great. that's really promising like it's yeah. really really great because it's right there in our tagline talking queerly like that is that that is like at the center of almost everything that we talk about do we go off on other things of course but the fact that they they will still support and listen to this podcast is a really 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 good sign for me in my opinion 10 years ago i don't think that would have happened and yeah. it was our round tables that were very much a microscope look on maybe the 12 of us in total mm-hmm. and our lives as queer people and how we feel in society. That's what really launched this podcast and got people talking were those roundtables. And it was mostly straight cisgender people doing the talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, I felt like it's really rewarding. And when I see that, we see that, the steam room sees that, when is Disney and Luke? Well, you know what? Honestly, I think Lucasfilm sees it. Mm. I think yeah. Lucasfilm yeah. was sending messages with certain things they've been doing. I believe Lucasfilm sees it. I think it's Disney who is not quite ready. Yeah. But I also look at Falcon Winter Soldier as a really good move, like a good a step in the right direction. They went hard and heavy with some really serious conversations that needed to be had. Yeah. And Disney actually went there. Yeah. So I, I feel like positive. I feel like things are going to start coming. 
I will. I have sources. I've mentioned I have sources a few times. I don't really like to rub it in people's faces, but I do have sources. And it's going to be confirmed that Cobb Vance is going to be in the first episode of season three <laughs> of The Mandalorian. And they do have a big makeout session on the very first. It's like one of the first scenes. It's not just a kiss. Disney realized they messed up on Tross with that little peck. And they're like, we can't do that. So it's like a full on, like 20 minute deep tongue makeout session. So. When we see that in a year, just remember, Pink Milk broke it first. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Chase, Steric Stan as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. 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 They're in there. Um, we have our Jedi. We have our Nine Bar- I don't know anything about them. I just remember they were announced. Um, but this episode in particular, I feel it's right out the gate of the Bad Batch themselves being very queer coded in the way they are treated. It mostly, I feel, really ups its game in the Mean Girls cafeteria scene with the clones that look like everybody else, but they are different. And I think that is one of the, we mentioned that, I know for sure in the roundtables, I feel we have talked about it, but it's one of the hardest things, I think, sometimes to be a queer person is we look just like everybody else. And therefore it's hard to get support sometimes from my perspective because an ally will want to stand by us. But the minute that they might look like they're queer too, like they all of a sudden back off because I'll support you as long as you don't think I am. And that happens. I think it's happening less and less. Those are probably some of my own emotional scars of coming out when I did. I don't know, but I feel like that was where I was just, I really related to that being picked on as a queer kid in the cafeteria. It was very high school. Like, and it's funny. Like it was also funny. It was also funny, but like (laughs) underneath that was some really, some really heavy stuff. I mean, yeah. What do you, what did, well, actually I should just ask this question. Did you, do the two of you find the show to be queer coded or is it just me? Emma, because I know you're going to give it to me. (laughs) yeah i mean very much so i found it like very relatable um just in like like you were saying about how you have this group who kind of sort of fit in but don't really and they only they have this sense that they only really understand each other and they're very tightly bonded you know, yeah. it just reminds me so much of the way that queer people like sort of separate themselves out and then like glom together because yeah. they know that they're going to be the ones who understand each other. It, it actually reminded me a lot of like uh, being like a, being a queer kid, you know, in a smallish town with no internet in the early to mid nineties. And I was talking to one of my friends. She was asking me, she was like, you know, like, how did you find like places to be comfortable? And I was just like, you know, like I would go to like slam poetry events and rainbow dances. And like, I would seek out my tribe or I would yeah. seek out the group of people that were like me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I just feel like that's kind of what the Bad Batch has done. You know, like, again, they have this superficial similarity to all of the other clothes around them. But, and they, there's also this sense that they should have more camaraderie than they do almost. 
Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like, like, I feel like that whole thing about regs is a reaction. Again, it's kind of like the whole thing of like, you know, you reject other people so that they can't reject you first. Oh, I can think back to my time as a probably late teen, early 20 something. And a lot of my friends using straights is a very derogatory term. And those and breeders, if we remember breeders, breeders yes. like, yeah. like yeah. but you're a hundred percent. And like, that is not cool either to run around and say those things. That's like, yeah, not cool. And you're right. I'm going to be, I'm going to make fun of you first. So you can't make fun of me. Cause now you're yeah. just reacting to me, but I win. It's, That's it's a very human foible. It's a very, yeah, it's very like a relatable, um, you know, thing that, humans fall into yeah. <laughs> oh, man. this conversation i don't think i literally have had the term breeders in my head in probably a decade and i'm really upset that it is now like back because yeah, yeah. it's, so, it's, it's such an ugly word it's just so mean it's just so yeah. mean-spirited or like i used to have a a friend and would legitimately legitimately get very upset if you tell them to go straight. Like you're driving, you're giving directions, go straight. It's gaily forward. Oh and like, God. I'm yes. like, like, I like mad. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I sometimes still say gaily forward because it's funny. <laughs> but there are, but you're, I'm really glad you brought that up, Em, because actually I didn't even like think about that part, but that's very much what it is. And we hear it in those, in Clone Wars when the Bad Batch calls Rex a reg and we don't like them. Like that was this thing. I'm like, and I was watching this because like I said, I, we instantly fell in love with the Bad Batch and I did not like them. And I was like, Oh, but this is Dave knowing what Dave is supposed to do because they, Rex is our hero in that story. And them and Rex have different points of view. Yeah. So of course they're going to be the villain because it's not their story. Exactly. It's all about what story you put them in. When you put them in their own story and you see things from their perspective, they become much more sympathetic. Yep. Um, Yeah. Like it was so good. I'm like, Oh God, this is like this. I love star Wars. Star Wars puts all of this there. And Dave Filoni is the best at it. What about you, Mark? Did you find this show queer coded? Well, like what you both have brought up, it's just the fact that they know they're different and they take pride in that, you know, and, and they, they, they put themselves out there that like, they don't care that they're different. They love that about themselves. That's why they work together. And, you know, they're always going to clash with their regular brothers, you know, so to speak. Um, nope. And and correct me if I'm wrong. At one point, don't they sometimes refer to the 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 way that they turned out to fight against their programming to almost be deviants? Or did I hear that wrong? They yeah. did, didn't they? Yep. So okay, yeah. the, I mean, it it just even brings that more home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they take they they totally take pride in that. I love it. I mean, you know. Um, and I, I loved each and every one of them for some, you know, they, they all have their reasons as to why you may like one character more than the other. I obviously, like I said last week, I love tech, you know, there's something about him and the way he just calculates things and he's so precise <laughs> and everything. And, you know, hopefully someday when he gets to live on his own and find a boyfriend and everything, he'd probably be the kind <laughs> to end up having like a little BDSM dungeon, but Hey, I'm not shaming. I think that's cool. Oh, <laughs> 
He definitely does. <laughs> right? Yeah. Did you just exude that, right? There's something oh. about him like this guy. <laughs> the second episode, we saw the hatches on the top. Like, Millennium Falcon has them underneath. Well, you know why they put them up on top there, right? <gasps> the sling. <laughs> yeah, you can't hang a sling from the floor. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Mark Thank and I you. are the same. You, I'm sorry, but Lando 100% put a sex swing on the Falcon. Oh, like, that's very, very true. And it was velvet. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but Han in the bedroom is a snooze fest. That dude is awful. Oh, I can totally And is quiet and doesn't say anything. And when they're finished, you have to go. Oh, are you finished? Because they don't make any sense. Like, let's be honest. That's who Han is. It's all, nope, it's the techs. It's the tech who you think doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and I'm sorry, everyone, this is going to get, whatever, I'm whatever. A baby arm is going to fall out. And you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then it's all going to get even worse. And you're like, <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's. That's what it is. And welcome to the steam room. Here you go. Here you go, Chase. You brought it up. Equal yeah. parts stars analysis and thirst. <laughs> 41 minutes in. <laughs> and the straight people stay for this conversation. That's what's really interesting. <laughs> Wild. Wild. So, but another thing that I really like that was back to the important conversations, like, that I found really interesting is their own debate that goes into both, both of these episodes a bit. And it stretches back to echo says a line in the, in like the middle of the second episode of it's so odd clones fought for names. And now people are asking for numbers. And there's a lot of conversation in the first episode. It might've even been, it's a really big hot button with record and it's a cute line. When he's like, I like to blow things up because I like to blow things up. It's not because I'm programmed for that. And it's like, it's cute and funny. But when you want to dig in, it's being queer, mother nature versus nurture. What is like, are we programmed to be queer? Are we programmed to be a little bit different? Do we like, do I like to kiss other boys because I like to kiss other boys? Or is it because I was programmed to be with other boys? Like it's, that is a very like, Nuts and bolts version is not a, but it's it's a conversation to be had that all of us have had to have with probably our parents a lot. I would imagine a lot of us have to have those conversations with our parents. We, I think a lot of us probably have them with ourselves at some point. We're trying to figure it out. And I like that we're here we are with the Bad Batch and they're having that internal conversation of like, baby, am I born this way? I just I'm like I can bring in some Gaga, but like I, I, you know, it's this, it's what am I, and how did I, how did I get like this? And I can think like for me, I think back to junior prom. That was the night that I figured out I was gay, like or I admitted it to myself. I was 16, and I realized I, I think I've mentioned this. I went to prom with another boy. Mm-hmm. It was a girl, but really the boys were the ones at prom. And we, like, played into this whole thing. The girls had to sit in the back seat while we both sat up front. We had our picture taken. I sat on his lap, and he held my leg, and the girls were the mat. Like, what jerks to treat the girls like that? Like, I will <laughs> look back now. But that was, like, how we were figuring out how to go to prom together. And we never even had the conversation of going to prom together, but that's what we did. We figured out our story because we both liked each other. Nothing ever happened. But we liked each other, and that was the story we were able to create so we could kind of go together. 
and sadly we mistreated two people along the way. And, and that part sucks, but I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I really liked that conversation in this because I think it's a real conversation that occurs. And then, you know, I don't know. Um, do we want to bring up Omega? And yeah. some of the, uh, the article that, that popped up from uh, a friend of the show, Days Johnston at Inverse. Uh, uh, they wrote an article. They're claiming that Omega is the first trans character. I, you know this is going to be a hot-button conversation if, there, if certain group of people on either side. I think it's a very... I love Days. Days has been on the show. They are like a effing ray of sunshine. Like yeah. they are a genuinely really wonderful, wonderful person who sees everything bright and sunny instead of seeing everything dark and dreary. Like they, just the way they are. Um, and I know they're writing this article from their own perspective. And I like what the article said. I, I think for me, it's, I don't know if I read it that way. But I read it more that way at the end of the article, and I'm open to it. I feel like I, you know, I'm not trans. I don't know that journey. I don't know those internal questions. I can listen to my friends and hear their stories and try to, like most other people, we can try to relate to media from our shared experiences with other people and the stories that they choose to share. Um, But, hey, hey, Kenneth. I agree. More cursing in Star Wars is needed. They left a YouTube comment the other day, um, but I mean, what are your mo? Do you have do you have thoughts on this? Um, what on um, the transness of Omega? The, well, yeah. I mean, we do confront the fact that the genetic material that the Kaminoans were working with was male. Mm-hmm. That we know of. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that Omega's material came from elsewhere, but like we textually, the only humans that we have seen Kaminoans clone were f- taken from yeah. a genetic, like a cis man. Yeah. So, and and the the doctor says like she's the fifth bad batch person. Yeah. So, like, you can assume that it was the same batch <laughs> of, of clones. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. I didn't mean to. So remember. it's like, if you, if you know anything about, like, genetics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But I want to make it very clear, like, this isn't to say, like, this isn't to extrapolate into, like, the greater world. Like, obviously, there's many different permutations that human beings can come in yes. of sex chromosomes, and sex chromosomes do yeah. not dictate your gender. Or your sex, and yeah, like we don't need to get all messed up in that. I am not for biological essentialism. I'm just pointing out that, like I said, textually, we know that, like, what we know about the clones is that they were cloned from a man, Django Fett, and uh, that is the human material that they worked with. So, yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting. It would be really interesting to, and I mean, I'm open to like them having manipulated, you know, or like whatever, taking material from elsewhere. Yep. Or that kind of thing. But like, yeah. I, I, I'm there. Mark, what about you? Do you have any thoughts? 
Um, it's funny because what hope. hope just put to <laughs> yeah. just put. Yes. I got my eyes on. We, I'm gonna pull it up when talk, you're done. Yeah, because yeah. we we talked about that earlier online. It's just I don't until it's just completely out there and it's announced. And this is the way they're doing it. You know, it, all it is is just queer baiting and teasing and just like, oh, you know, this might be or this. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to read our characters how we want to read them. Like, obviously, look at this whole episode that we're having about all this, you know, so we're talking about that, that subject. So it's not that I'm putting the kibosh on on the whole thing. It's just that it would just be nice to not have to read into these things and have to, you know, put these theories in our head and just outright get that character that way, you know? I mean, yep. because they're a part of this big quilt that we call life. We yep. are all a big part of that. And so just just do it. Just oh, do it. Oh, that would have been like honestly, yeah. that would have been so great. Like that would have been so yeah. great if the if that that Kaminoan character had been like, yeah. oh, you know, like this clone came from yeah. whatever, but you know, like it's she's a bit different. She's a girl. Yeah. And and see if you explain Ta-da. it that way, the, the science <laughs> behind it, because the Kaminoans, it's like they they're they're like science is their jam. Look at yep. what they've created, look at what they've done. And if you explain the science behind it and make it Star Wars, and he's got this cool story behind it, then mm. it becomes part of it. And you know, it, it it it's a seamless like introduction of this character and how they, they came about and how you know, they were created. And I think that would be an excellent way of introducing characters of all different shapes and sizes of walks of life that way. But, you yeah, know, agreed. it's unfortunate. It just, it, 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 the opportunity was there. And it's not to say that it may not be up ahead, mm-hmm. but again, like what Hope said. So, she, yeah, I wish, yeah. I wish that, um, is it Lamasan or something like that? The doctor. Uh, yeah, no, but the doctor. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Omega's caretaker who okay. proves at the end, like there, there's real love there for that, for her. Yes. Well, I yeah. would have loved when they said, is she a girl? And instead of saying she's, you know, what would have been great. She does. She doesn't need to be defined by, or they don't need to be defined yes. by gender. Like that. Boom. Just said it right there. Move on with, like, move on with her life. Like how yeah. that been? Wind right there and there. Like, would that yeah. not have been amazing? And they could have put boom done. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That type of like an that's... introduction, it would have been great. Or in terms yeah. that are Kaminoan in nature, but ex- they just exude what we, what needs yeah. to be heard, basically. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Now I'll say cool. thank you, Chase and Hope. I mean, I, I mean, I was super thrilled to get on Camino. I love Camino. It's one of my, it's probably my second favorite planet. Mm-hmm. To everyone knows Tatooine and is very different than Tatooine. One obviously. is dry and one is uh, bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. Um, if you've been listening to us for almost a hundred episodes, you know I'm a very deep person, and you know I'm not all surface level and just one's dry and one's wet. That works for me. That's all I want in Star Wars. As Emma said <laughs> last week, I want to or two weeks ago, whatever it was, I want a single biome because I don't need Star Wars that complicated. Just give me one. <laughs> just give me one. Um, but I loved seeing the the Kaminoans or Kaminoans or however you say it. Like I loved Kaminoans, having them whatever. back. Like yeah. and I loved, Like you do not trust Lama Sue at all. Like you don't trust him in Attack of the Clones. No. Even this when there's like he's kind of anti-Tarkin, so of course you want to like him. But like 
you still don't know what side they're going to pick. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they're just yeah. so it's all business good. too. It's, it's, this is their business. This is, yep. you know, their, their livelihood and keeps the planet going. So, you know, it's like that there, there's a certain way that they carry themselves because of that, because of the product that they've created, the product that they have a great pride in as well. You know, yeah. yep. they put a lot of work and time into this. And so yep. this, 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 business transaction is going to hell in a handbasket and they're not happy yep. about it. <laughs> so. Yep. so yeah, yeah. So and so now, okay, now we, we get that. There's a strong connection between Hunter and Omega. I am starting to think that they might there's something else going on with the Bad Batch. I feel like perhaps it's Palpatine already at work in trying to figure out how to have Force-sensitive clones. We have, we know Snoke is a Force-sensitive clone. There's all these Snoke people. We get in in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, we get, like, Snoke balls and jars of whatever. I wonder if Hunter and Omega are both Force-sensitive. And, I mean, Omega kind of sees the future, possibly. I mean, she could just know that's what he's going to do, but she could also be seeing the future, and there's definitely a connection between Hunter and Omega. There is like a definitely like a definite bond there, only strengthened by the end of the second episode. But um, <laughs> that's my theory. I think we're going to start to get into some like sequel. Tr- we're going to start planting seeds for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And I would love it if we can start to hear about how the Emperor came back this early on in the days of the empire. Like I would love it if they already start retroactively dropping hints at that, which would be, that could be really, really cool. Do either of you think that's a possibility of them being force sensitive? No. <laughs> and that's not, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want them to. Of be. course it is. I don't want them to be, yeah. but you know, I think Omega might be, which might yes. explain the yes. ability, like the the way she was able to so effectively disable Crosshair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like it was just, oh God, that scene was really touching. It was really beautiful. It made Omega like this instant super, I like that character a lot because here she was like not judging. I understand. Please, please don't do it. And even if you do, it's okay. Like that was just such a, powerful like powerful powerful line that was very star wars way of thinking um okay so she you know we're she's part of the bad batch she's there we take off and our friend uh nala say helps him get out of camino boom we're good they're hunted though tarkin's got his his target set on the bad batch and uh oh god we're not gonna we we when we get back to coruscant or no, when we get back to to Camino, uh, uh, um, we have the dead Jedi. Oh God, damn! All oh, those crazy. Do we talk about this in the live chat? M on May the fourth. I thought it was Shock T because, like in Clone Wars, we very much put Shock T at Camino. Right. But I think it is in Clone Wars somewhere or Rebels that she was killed by Grievous in that deleted scene on Tross. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it could be. I, I wonder if, if somebody knows their lightsaber hilts, maybe if they yeah. can figure out who that was, because yeah. it would yeah. be nice to know. Well, not nice because it sucks, but I, I would love to know who that was, you know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, yeah, I mean, it's already they're becoming faceless 
things of legend, you know, they just yep. been pushed out of the way already. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes me wonder that if at some point they will end up running into a Jedi, you know, along yep. the way, who's also in exile. And I wonder what that, if, if Omega is force sensitive, if they'll pick up on it and be like, who is this? It's like, mm. what's going on yeah. here? You know? So. I also have sources. Those same sources gave me some insider information. So the hat is not a giveaway of this said Jedi that they will run into. Who's also fallen out of things. Like it's not confirmed that in the next episode, <laughs> she's going to be a main part of the show. And the bad batch is going to be called bad batch. Also starring Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> so again, when that happens next week, come back to pink milk because we broke the story for you <laughs> because I love breaking stories and ruining everyone's fun of what might come. Um, oh, there was no daggers thrown there. Was there? Um, I yeah, okay, you're right. Hope oh, I'm forgetting. Lula and I yes, love Lula. that. I, love I immediately Lula. did. All three of us immediately think of Hope when we saw that doll. Like my mind yeah. went, oh no! I thought this. of David, my partner, because he's that's that's really yeah. That's a whole other conversation to be had because my David loves his plushies, and so as soon as I saw yeah. it, I was like, I got it. I David needs to see this. He's gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then I. Hope also brought up uh, uh, Omega mirroring Hunter. So before we go on to the second episode, the acting in this show is so incredibly top notch. Like every single character, like there's subtle moves, there's eye movement back. Like I do not see that in a lot of animation. It is like animate. It's hard to do all of these little things, and so a lot of animation does bigger gestures and bigger strokes to tell their stories, but there was such subtlety in this. It was so good. It was, it, this is a beautiful, I think Paul said it earlier in the thing. Uh, beautiful, beautiful looking show. So did anyone else, or was it just me that watched episode two and then immediately watched well, by immediately later in the day after work watched uh, the deserter. That was, I think all of us mentioned that we wanted to see, um, oh God, I'm blanking on their names, Cut and Sue, uh, in this. And again, you said at the top of the show, Mark, like, they just wasted no time. Here's everything you asked for. We're getting it out of the way because (laughs) guess what? Now you're not going to know what's coming next. Sue is badass. Sue is badass, by the way. I love her. (laughs) I... I made Tom watch that episode because, again, if you Good. listen to our few episodes, Tom gets very upset when things are out of order. And I knew he was going, who are these people? Why do we know them? And so I just made him watch the thing. I was like, here, we have to watch this episode first because you're going to have to meet these people. And then we'll watch the episode. And then he was confused that all the events that happened in Clone Wars were yesterday because Rex came through here. So he's like, Wait, that was just yesterday. I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that was like three years ago. Two, three years ago, somewhere. In oh there. my gosh. Yeah. Uh right? Clones were two to three years, two years, two years between episode Seth and Attack, right? And clones. Um, so anyways, I watched that episode. I was so glad to have them back. That was very much something that all of us asked for to say, hey, what can happen to a clone once the war is over? We need to see Cut and Sue. And there we get them. And what a powerful, powerful story. And I will say, I after watching that, so that's from the second season of Clone Wars, how much better the animation has gotten. We go to oh, the yeah. same planet, yeah. and I'm just like, whoa! 
it is like when you're back to back like that, you, you notice it even more. I was just like, it was, it was really amazing. And I was so happy to see them come back today. Um, what did Mark, what were your initial thoughts of this episode? So I, I loved it. Like at first I thought I was like, Oh, this is kind of cutesy, but I can see what they're doing with Omega. Cause they want you to like the yeah. character more, right? You're getting yeah, to know yeah. the character more and how inquisitive they are. Like I was a little worried about them. They're like inspecting every inch of the ship. And I'm like, why, why is she paying attention to how they jump in the hyperspace? Like every, all these little things make me worry. Right. Yep. You know? And so it's like, but at the same time, I also think that she wants to so badly belong and she wants to become a member of this family that she wants to be able to feel like she is pulling her weight and being able to take care of things when they need her to take care of things, even though they're apprehensive because they're like, you're a kid. We don't want to put you in that spot. But she wants to definitely be there and be a part of this and and put in her two cents and like again if they need to count on her she's there and she does that in this episode to the point where she almost gets herself killed you know so um it's it's interesting because i get that when i meet a new group of people and i want to make an impression sometimes you go a little too far you know and you know it's it's all part of growing you know we're seeing this character grow up and we're seeing how fascinated they are with the little things like with ray fascinated by seeing so much green she's just fascinated by touching dirt she's never been around this it's like that's like a big deal you know i mean so it's all these little things we're, we're we're seeing this through Omega's eyes as well. And it makes you love the Bad Batch characters even more, you know, because in turn, they're starting to love her as well. That you've got this, all this stuff going back and forth and everything's so nice and, you know, lovey and (laughs) you can't help it. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun what they're doing with these characters. And I wasn't expecting the emotional punch at the end of the episode because it really got to me. I was not expecting that at all. Oh, I'm going to save a lot of this conversation when I'm talking to Tom because, like, I am telling you, this episode what played me like a fiddle. Like, that moment, you know, I would... It would be after dark if I don't bust on the Jedi a little bit. So, like, like Omega, again, like, grew up a kid with on Camino, And, and, oh, God, I forgot her name already. Uh, she cared about her. Nana Sue or whatever. Uh, she cared about her, but no, only okay. to a point. Now let's say thank you. Like she yeah. cared about her to a point. And Omega, you know, we see we see her up on that on the big platform, and she and Hunter make eye contact, and he actually like looked at her and then disappeared. I think it's this other group of people who actually see her. More queer coding there for sure. Of like, I mean, do we all remember that first time we met a queer person that was like like, oh my God, you actually like, you get me. You like, there's this, there's a, a synergy there. You understand me. And yeah. that to me was more queer coding in the thing of just these two characters who see each other in a way that no one has been able to see them before. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really, it was really, really beautiful. Um, and then we can't say, I, I, I can't move on without saying, Omega's line of when they're playing ball. What is the purpose of this? Yes. All right, Emma, how about you? What did um what did you think of the second episode? 
Oh, it was great. I mean, I did kind of, I mean, it was pretty obvious that Omega was not going to go anywhere, but it was, it was nice to see Hunter's character development of, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do what was best for her, trying to do what he thought was best for her. You know, which I think just sort of carries over the burden of like him sort of being the leader of the group too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he, he's not, he's like sort of the patriarch of this, of this group. And so it's also him who's going to make the deepest connection with this member. And it's him who's going to make the greatest sacrifice in trying yep. to do what's best for her. So yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I was just really touched by Hunter's like his the emotional journey that he took. Um, the other thing I have to say though is that seeing Wrecker like lifting the gonk droid was <laughs> such yes. a joy. What and a flex! <laughs> whoever came up with that of him just like sitting there flexing, just with this quiet like gonk. gonk. I was gonna say with a gonk. gonk. Yeah, gonk. <laughs> it was great. That was, that was cute. so was inspired cute. and such a great way of using it. <laughs> so Chase brought up earlier how Chase did not particularly like Hunter. And now Hunter is like this adorable thing because I can't remember if it was a gong droid or what, but I, that moment, I think I mentioned it on our last talk when Wreckers in there eating turkey leg and lifting a weight was like what stopped me from watching it. Just like this is just I'm good. Like this is I'm not into this. And boy, what a 180 did I take because I was the same way as I was like, oh my god, this is so adorable. <laughs> like it was just so perfect. I'm like Brian, this is literally the thing that you just really did not like a few months ago. <laughs> but I think it speaks to Hunter as a parent. When and I think Hope brought this up actually on our um, on our live chat that Wrecker is very much like this regular ten year old kid in there somehow who's big and strong, but he's really just like a kid down to to Lulu and is stuffy. And I feel like in the opening shot, I mean, I'm telling you, I was. Bad Batch, two episodes in a row in five minutes, I'm a puddle. But, like, watching them sleep together, and he's got his little his little stuffy, and she's yeah. sleeping and out. I was immediately and Im- immediately brought to particularly my son, Michael. And um, we'll talk about this a lot. I'll talk about this with Tom a lot. But it took a while before he slept. And I remember watching him finally, like, sleep. Like, I'm no one's going to hurt me while I'm sleeping. I can actually just sleep. And I don't know how many years he was not given that. And I felt that energy. And I felt I was, like, I, in that moment, I was Hunter. Like, going, I'm not sure how I got into this. I am not a reg. I am uh, uh what did we what did we say they were? They're, they're calling themselves marks. But like I'm just gonna say they're queer. I'm queer and I was told <laughs> I can't have kids. Yeah. Which yeah. we find out later in the, that we go back to Rex and Cut have that conversation in in Clone Wars season two, 
because mm-hmm. cuts like you can't have kids. You can't. Why are you talking about worried about a family? You're not allowed to do that. Like you're not allowed to do that. And he's like, but this is my family. And now here's Hunter who is probably under the same guise. I can't have kids. I'm never going to have children. I'm not going to do this. And, and here, but here he is. And there's this little person who he is now tasked with caring for. And it just, it, that it, so it had just started there, but there was more, um, just that bond was set. And so I like to, I think it speaks to Hunter as a father, even with Wrecker. If you adopt the idea that Wrecker really is much more, less mature than everybody else, like maybe his growth was like super speed growth or something. I don't know, but like Wrecker is such a sweetheart and he is like, he's like the Zeb, but like he is Zeb Morales yes. in yep. this thing. Like I've got such Zeb vibes with his little hat and his little poncho this episode. <laughs> like he's the first one. There's the thing is like, they're pulling him out. Like they're trying to get off, off the thing. And he's like, I don't know. I have something in this hand. Oh wait, no, it's this hand. And <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's the total Zeb move. <laughs> but, um, I really, I really like this story. And I, the thing that I want to mention in the larger view of the galaxy, so I don't go into all the stuff I'll talk about with Tom, is how quickly the Empire already takes over. Like, it is yeah. so weird that we have very Empire. I was getting total, like, solo vibes mm-hmm. in this from just the architecture, but then it's but it's not Stormtroopers. It's our clone troopers, and it's it's really jarring. And I feel really, really uncomfortable watching that, yeah. which I think is the purpose. And there was sounds. We get sounds from Empire Strikes Back and A New yes. Hope. Yeah. Yes. Um, in the calm thing that Hunter is looking at, I think it's from, I want to say there's sounds from, it almost sounds like Baru's little like food processor. Or maybe it's in, I'm not great at identifying these things like that, but it could also be in the hospital room with 2-1-B in Empire Strikes Back. So blast mm-hmm. points, if you happen to be listening, please cover this in your show because these are the things that you do that are great. But it made it feel very close to the to the original trilogy. Just those sounds. Right. Yep. Yeah. I did love that the soundscape was fantastic because you, you felt... Right away, it felt like a familiar world. You felt like you were at home, even though you don't know the surroundings, right? Even though we were yeah. going back to a planet we had been to before. Um, before I forget, we have to talk about my little Imperial hologram that I fell in love with all of a sudden, and I was yeah. quite shocked. Was it Vice Admiral Rampart, I think is the name of the uh-huh. character? The, the, yeah, we're getting thirsty again. We're getting thirsty again. I was like, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this clean cut boy? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't even notice it the first time until you texted me. Then Mark's text me. He's like, I, I think I, I don't remember what he said. Something about I'm falling in love with a holocron or something. Love it. I love it. All right. So do we have anything to say? Do either of you want to cover anything with episode two in particular? Because I will be talking about this heavily on over the weekend with Mr. Barry. So I don't want to add a lot. But do either of you have anything? Or do we want to go on to who's our favorite Bad Batch member and then close this thing out? 
Do we have a favorite already? Yeah. Okay, Mark, you go. Well, well, I said last week tech, so yeah. But still, I'll let, let Emma speak because you know, like, still oh, tech. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still Hunter for me. I love Hunter. That facial tattoo is badass, mm-hmm. and I like his arms. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I. I I am Team Hunter, but I could very quickly become Team Wrecker, which I can't believe. <laughs> I am like, I can't believe how much I like Wrecker. I was like, this is the main character that made me really dislike all of them. And now here I am feeling I am very endeared to him. Uh, but yeah, Hunter. I find Wrecker like, very charming. He's, like he's very charming and great for, for comic relief. Yeah, and Warman, he delivers the mo- best warm and fuzzies. Like, Hunter, like, delivers the emotional gut punch. But Wrecker warms you up first. He's going to make it the punch just feel a little bit softer because he's yeah. going to, like, give you the tingles, for sure. So, I know you guys maybe touched on this a little bit earlier, but, like, I'm just wondering, what do you guys think of Crosshair and, like, are we going to see a redemption arc with him? Are they going to go and save him? Because now that they're realizing this programming, Omega has some of this information that they were not privy to before, and they're starting to get an idea of what happened. They're going to be like, well, what if we can reverse this programming and get our guy back? You know? he's Now he's one of their lost brothers. So... They can't just leave him back there, even though they might be upset over what happened. They're not going to just dump him, you know? No, so, they're not. Yeah, yeah so some, some, uh, something's going to happen up ahead where there's going to be a grand rescue. However that I, plays out. Uh, uh, he will be the villain who we were all rooting for to turn back to the good side. <laughs> um, For sure. For sure. And honestly... He was a great character, too, because, like, good soldiers follow orders. And he didn't want to do it, but couldn't help it. And then I, to bring it to, I said it once, but, and when Omega says that to him, it's just so heartbreaking. And we needed to hear that from somebody else, because that's what all those clones were doing while they were shooting their Jedi down. Like, it's, we know you couldn't help it, and it's okay. Like, please don't do it. We know you couldn't help it. Like, it made all of that. I feel like now I've watched this, I'm going to watch Order 66 in in Revenge of of the Sith very, very differently. Mm. It's going to hit way, way, way harder. Yeah. So most of the chat, uh, it's it's Hunter and Wrecker. They seem to be, there's some text in there too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, friends, thank you everyone in the chat for coming again. Thank you so, so much for our hangout on uh, May the 4th. It was really, it honestly, it made my day and it made my, like I said, made me feel like Yoda. So thank you, you guys and girls and everyone here are so incredibly beautiful. And I'm very, very lucky to have all of you here. I know I Em and Mark feel the same way. So thank you for being you. This was a really, really wonderful May the 4th. I know it's past May the 4th, but whatever. This is what we're talking about. It was a great day. It's like and, a birthday uh, week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thank you um, to uh, the Bad Batch, because this show 
is really, really good. <laughs> Already. In two episodes. <laughs> I mean, what a difference like... a week makes. What a difference a week makes. Like, we, I, I don't think we were completely sold on it. And we no. like had all this trepidation. And now look at us. I Here we are puddle two episodes deep, in a row and absolutely deep in it puddle. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's just so good. It's so good. So thank you so much, everyone. Uh, make sure to hit that smash like button and the ring my bell. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Mark, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at IMLDFLethal and also on Taking a Number Two, a Star Trek podcast with Dallas, Steve, and Catherine, time to time. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and other guests. And on the next episode, we need to bring up uh, Q. You need to talk about Q with them now. Let's see what they have to say about Q. Q's pretty popular, right? I, I know that name. He's yes. just a little, like, imperial, the Imperial Dignitary hat or something, right? He did yeah. wear that one in one episode. Yeah. One of his, oh, he has okay. many outfits. With fantastic oh, lipstick. Yes. He's, he's, he's very, very fabulous. He truly is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is that the is that the per the, the person that gets pregnant? Wasn't that one of them? Doesn't like no. Oh my gosh, this is a disaster. It's Try to just stop okay. talking about okay. Star Trek. <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving. Move along. Move along. Yeah, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at FoxFleur, F O X F L E U R. Ship who you want. All ships are valid. <laughs> Very you can follow this. Yeah, always. Oh, I love it's a great tagline. It's right up there. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's great. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me at B underscore sips pink milk, and you can follow the show at serving pink milk. Make sure to uh, download the podcast at pink milk. Follow us on YouTube, all of those things. Mark, were you gonna add something? No, did I see? No, all right. I love you both. And everybody here. So. <laughs> we love you. It really is just this big love fest all the time here. And I'm very happy about that. Chat, thank you so much. And until next week. Drink up. Drink up.